little man. I will destroy you! You sound like a jerk! If you ask me, everybody in this theater is a giant sucker! Especially you! I was saying, Bruins. Give me some sugar, baby. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And we're back. This is Bunch of Dorks. This is show. What is this show? Oh my god, we're two away. 298? 298. Two away from 300. Oh man. Holy hell. I'm going to have to take my little portable Zoom and start interviewing some of the people that were yeah, part of this I show. Would, yeah. At least get their, uh, get their, hey, you know, talk <laughs> a little bit in the microphone. I don't think we, well, I could invite people. I don't know. could be a big show, but uh, this room is kind of small. Doesn't yeah. matter. Who are we? I'm Mao. Uh, with me, as always, Dr. Morbius from Parts Unknown. And this is Bunch of Dorks, the longest running podcast since the history of time started a billion years ago. Wow. Yeah. Big Man, Bang. God. Big Bang happened. Then a few seconds later, a bunch, a, of a bunch of dorks started. It was crazy. Incredible. You'd think we'd have a lot more shows for being yeah. millions of years old. Well, but, yeah. you know. A little slow in the beginning. Yeah, somewhat. Anyway. Whatever. Whatever. So. Uh, you were well, at a pinball Lots of tournament. stuff going on. My gosh, yeah. Uh, went to a pinball tournament. I didn't win. I'm very sorry, everyone. I know you had your, your betting on me. Maybe don't. Um, I I didn't even make the finals, which was a bummer. Um but I, I was 19th overall, which, eh, in the grand scheme of things, I guess it's okay. They, they uh, the guys I was playing against are really good. They know, like, every trick and tip about every pinball machine that's ever been made. So, I'm not that kind of level. I can't, like, get that level of obsession with most stuff. Hmm. I really can't. I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a flaw or if it's a good. You know, that you can't, that you don't get so meticulously involved in something that you know every single thing about every single thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've all met, you've met, everyone's met those people that can name every nut and bolt on a Harley Davidson that's ever been made, and you're like, wow, there's something wrong with you, dude. You know what I mean? Like, get a life. Yeah, (laughs) I guess. I I don't know, what is it, the jack of many trades, master of none? I guess that's, I I take that route, usually. But uh, it was fun time, you know. Uh, Are they once a year or twice a year? No, there's a couple every year. I don't know why this one jumped out at me. I think I just hadn't been down for a while and hadn't done anything with them for a while. So uh, I was like, hey, you know, throw my hat in the ring, see what happens. You know, I was I was close to making the, the, the finals cuts off at 16th. So I was close to getting into the finals for the finals round. But eh, that's the way it goes. I, I mean, I probably would have lost anyway. I wasn't feeling too good. Now, you were we were talking out there and you said some of these guys have a tour. They tour, they go from... Yeah, you, to, so do they, they make a living out of doing this or... I, I guess you could. Um, there might be some sponsorship sponsorship involved, and I don't think it's like 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 let's say the the weightlifting competitions. Those guys make a living on it. Mm. I mean, even I think the top hundred probably make a fairly good li- living doing it because they get so many sponsors. You know, in the chance that one of them will win, I don't think pinball has that kind of a following that it could ever generate that kind of money. Okay. Um. But the guys, I mean, they go to, like, there's one up in Pittsburgh, there's one out in Texas. There was some big ones, and for a while I toyed about going, not on the circuit, but going, uh, hitting up two or three of those uh, in a year um, and becoming nationally ranked, you know. I mean, technically, I'm on the list of pinball players in the world, but who cares? Like, you know, I'm whatever, 2000 or, or who cares? Cause I don't, I don't, if I were competed regularly, my points and my standings would continue to climb, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but it, like, it's really difficult. Like for someone like me, who is just an enthusiast, I play a pretty good game of pinball. Um, I'm better than the average. I, I'm not being cocky. I mean, I'm, I'm better than most. I play really well, but in that setting, you don't just, you don't just fly out to Texas and be in, just an average player and do anything. You just get mopped up. These are very seriously. These are the guys that take it so seriously. They don't even have fun doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah so yeah. the hell with that, you know, that's kind of where, that's the conclusion I came to as I mulled, mulled over that in my head. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I'll just go and have fun at these tournaments. And, and sometimes I make it to the final. Sometimes I don't, you know, did you ever win? Nope. I've only had three tournaments that I've conti- competed in. Did you get like in the top 10? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. good. The, the first one I got, it, and the, the first one I I got to the finals, and then uh, the second one I missed by I I want to say I missed the final cut by one, 
and then this one I missed it by three. So that tells you I'm not I'm not like the upper echelon, but I can get to the upper echelon sometimes. You know what I mean? Like that guy, you know. So, eh. but in the meantime, you pay your money, you get in, you get to play with. Oh, all and the they machines. have they have all the pin, pinball machines set on free. So I just I, after every after every round, there was five rounds in this. They, I was going and just playing pinball for like an hour. So I just played and played and played and played, you know, and then it's I would like go back. It's like a convention and, hall. Yeah. Well, uh, no, not a convention hall. It's like a. This is a. It's a place. This one I go to is called. Uh, I'll drop in the interview. I did an interview with them because they do it for charity. It's called the Pinball Asylum. It's down in. Um, Fort Myers, uh, Florida, and you can go go to Pinball Asylum or, or go to pin, ProjectPinball.org. That's like the main one that you should go to if you want to help the world be a better place. It's a 501c, which I the, is the classification for a charity, and um, they fix and repair pinball machines, and they they put them out into children's hospitals. You know, so these kind of events. Uh, it's also a kind of a place where people that like pinball hang out. Like, I don't live close enough that I'd be... If I lived closer to there, I would probably hang out there a lot, help them fix machines, mostly dicking around, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, playing yeah. machines, talking pinball, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like a hot rod garage where people sit around, fix their cars, and talk about hot rods. Except they just fix pinball machines. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. It's a fun place. It's a great place. They're nice guys. They're They're very grounded, down-to-earth people. So, you know, this and this, what, like, even my, my entry fee was 40 bucks. Half of it goes to them to keep things going, and half of it goes right to charity. So, eh, you know, you feel good about doing it. And it's a fun day. Uh, I, I, could, I could go play pinball all day, every day, to be yeah. honest with you. Okay. But those jobs are hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you have one here. So, do you, you, do you play the Austin oh, Powers? Oh, yeah, I play that a lot. Okay. You know, um, I bought up. I actually, yeah, I used to. I used to fix them a lot more. Where I'd buy a beat up old machine for a couple hundred bucks, four or five hundred bucks, and I would take them apart and totally go through them, fix them, repaint them, make them like look kind of new, and then I just sell them. But in the meantime, you get to play a new machine, like a, a machine I didn't have before. So while I was working on it, I'd play it and play it and play it, and then I just sell it. And you know, sometimes it made money, sometimes it broke even. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's just a fun thing. Uh, but this one here, I actually, cause I got so tired of cleaning up people's broken messes i actually bought that one brand new off the off the crate from stern wow so that was expensive but um i, I love the machine man I, I i i take care of it i play it i'm the single owner always been in a house it's never been on a route or anything like that so no one's carved their name into the side of it or oh, anything okay cool so yeah so, so they came and delivered it to you yeah wow. on a truck so i uh that's kind of one that i hope to have for quite a long time i mean it's not the one of the best in the world, you know, it, but it, I like it. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah. All right, I guess that's it. Let's. I'm, I'm going to drop in that. Now, this is raw interview footage, so uh, you're going to hear parts where I should have edited out, whatever. I have one of those little portable Zoom microphone things that records directly into a SD card, which I wish my camera did, but huh. you know, lesson learned. Yeah, well. And... uh And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to drop this in. This is them talking about what the Pinball Asylum is all about, and I hope that you guys listening out there, you know, hit them up. Give them a little bit of money. It'll be a couple bucks, and you're you're basically putting helping put pinball machines in children's hospitals, where families come, giving you know spreading a little bit of joy in a pretty tough world. So, all right, here's the interview, and then we're gonna go right into some tunes. Okay. Because we like to play tunes. All right, let's do it. Let's do that thing. We all ready? Okay. All right, this is Mao. I have just completed a tournament here at the exciting Pinball Asylum. Who's with me right here? Who, who's running the show? I'm Dan Spoiler. I'm the tournament director today. Okay. I'm David. David D. David D. And? And I'm Matt Barlow. Matt Barlow. Okay, tell us a little bit about the Pinball Asylum. What is your mission statement? What are you setting out to do? Because I know you're a 501c, correct? Correct. Okay, we're, so what are we doing? We're a nonprofit. Uh, the idea behind it is to have a place where people can play pinball, hang out, uh, raise money for charity. We raise money primarily for our sister charity, which is called Project Pinball. Dan can tell you about that. Okay, Project Pinball. That's the big one that we've been hearing a lot about. Uh, what what What's the goal of Project Pinball? Well, thank you for saying that. We uh, appreciate that. Project Pinball, what it does... Uh, 
It's real simple. We put pinball machines in the children's hospital across the United States. That's Bye. incredible. That is just so incredible. You know, you're, you're, you're getting it out to spreading some joy where it needs to be spread, right? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, the kids love it. Uh, the parents have a chance to play with their kids that uh, could use a little bit of joy in their life, especially if they're in the children's hospital. Definitely. Perfect. So how could somebody help uh, Project Pinball? What's the easiest way or the best way for them to maybe pitch in, give you a little bit of m extra money, keep this going, keep the spread the word? Well, they could find us out on projectpinball.org. That's our main site. But uh, if they're on Facebook, they could find us out there also. Just keyword search uh, Project Pinball uh, Facebook and it'll bring it right up. And we try to give uh, information out there so people could understand uh, what the charity is about and what we're doing at the time and what our plans are for the future. See, that's awesome. That's well, really good. Well, you have some really cool fundraising things you might want to talk about a little bit. I mean, they can go to Facebook and hear about this stuff, but basically what, what we do or what Dan does primarily is do uh, what we call sweepstakes. So you put in, uh, what is it, usually uh, 50 bucks? Well, 75 right now. We're, um, what Dave's referring to is we're doing the sweepstakes where there's 20 entries. For $75, you could actually win a limited edition um, Walking Dead, which is an $8,000 machine. And for 75 bucks, this machine will be shipped to your door, uh, new in box, right to your door for 75 bucks. You can't beat and, it. And as somebody that's played that machine, that's quite a bargain because that is incredibly slick. It's the newest, the greatest, the, all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, that's an easy way to go. The idea of the sweepstakes is, is when we're done with one round of sweepstakes, we've got enough money to award a machine to a winner and then one additional machine we can buy for the children. That's a great point. Yeah, so it's win-win. You yeah. win, and uh, you're also helping out for one of the greatest causes known to mankind. Yep. <laughs> the money from, uh, like Dave was saying, it allows us to put another machine into a hospital setting. So, like you just said, uh, we give one away so we could receive one as well. And just think of how many lives that touches. One machine in a place of a, you know, a kid's hospital, you're touching thousands and thousands of lives. So much entertainment, and you know, parents grew up loving pinball like we all have so they're sh passing it on to a new generation hopefully they come out happy healthy and uh, a new love for pinball so you got that going and what is pr the pinball asylum is just a kind of a now I've been involved in two no three tournaments already I haven't made it to the finals only but once so I, I gotta I think I gotta practice a little bit more but you know it's a very fun thing does that does all that go for charity as well, well or is that to kind of keep machines going keep the where it spread. Well, the idea behind the Pinball Asylum originally was a bunch of friends got together, we wanted a place to set up some machines, work on, work on machines, but what happened was is we got hooked up with the IFPA and we decided we'll do tournaments. And those tournaments that we're having, like the one today, some of that money goes toward Project Pinball and the rest of the money goes to keeping this keeping thing alive. Keep and keeping everything. Now I see there's a silent partner over here that's getting reluctantly drug into the conversation. Tell us about what, what's the, what, what is the IBA? IFPA. IFPA. What is that? Well, <laughs> he is the silent partner. He is the silent partner, but we couldn't do without Matt. I mean, this that place would not True. exist without Matt. Are you, constru are you car like the main uh, carpenter here, or what, what, what do you do that keeps this place running? I, I just help out wherever help needs. So if a machine needs to be fixed, I'll fix it. If whatever needs to be done, we all help out together. And that's where I think the 501Cs are, that's, they thrive by having a community that love them, support them, always giving whatever they need. Is there anything else that could be given uh, money-wise, uh, charities, anything like that for? Well, go to if, if you guys, anybody wants to play pinball or they're interested in uh, participating in tournaments, they can go to pinballasylum.com. They can go to our site and register. And we have uh, events, usually four major events a year. And people can play in the tournaments or just come here and hang out and, and, have, fun and have fun and play 50, 60 different pinball machines from the early 70s to the most current machine that came out in 2015. Yeah, the, the range that you have here is unheralded. It's, a, it's amazing to see some of these games I've never even heard of, and I'm fairly active in the community where I look at the artwork. I love playing them. I better go home and practice up a little bit because I sure would like to make it to the finals one of these times again. I, I miss it. But uh, 
Yeah, that's okay. Um, any last words before we go? Additionally, you can see Project Pinball. It's an ape show in Fort Lauderdale next month. Cool. They have a booth there. Okay. It's February, a, it's 20th. February 20th, 2015. Right. No, 20, yeah, 2015. That's Over 2015. Fort Lauderdale. Cool. It's a wonderful show, whether you're a tournament player or just yeah. new just to the um, whole environment. And if you're just coming down to watch and hang out, we'd advise maybe you bring some chips and some soda, you know, help 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 feed the, the crew here at the asylum. The inmates like to be fed, otherwise it gets a little rowdy around here. All right, well, thanks for your time, everyone. And uh, make sure you're getting out and supporting the Pinball Asylum and go to Project Pinball, and let's get some of these things funded and into the hospitals where they need to be. Thank you, Martin. We appreciate all your help with this. Oh, onward and upward. Thank you very much. Help! Help, please! He must be all hopped up on crack cocaine. Lord! Winter.
All right, that was an interview, an impromptu video. I grabbed the mic and asked the guys down at the asylum to to give us, you know, talk about a little bit about what they do there. So, from sincerely, if you if you can help support it, um, they what they do is pretty cool. Uh, and then, of course, that was followed up by Reverend Beatman. And I just played for you Surreal Folk Blues Gospel Trash, Volume 1. Uh, another Day, Another Life. Hold on. Is there more to that? Oh, stupid computers. Let's see. Oh, Another Day, Another Live Studio. Uh, I Want to Know. And the clown of the town. Wow, the huh? clown of the town. Yeah, yeah some, after my own heart right there. Yeah, sounds like a theme song. And now... We're going to pass things over to Dr. Morbius, who has something that's stuck in his craw this week. Yeah, I know you're all sick of hearing about this football game that happened last week, and I don't mean the Packers game. That lovely team that from too, New England. Yeah, that one too. That was heartbreaking. It was even more heartbreaking in that I called a friend of mine five minutes before the game ended and congratulated him on the Packers win. Oh, I will never do that again. We're very sorry. I apologize to him in person for that one. Good, thank you. And but, yeah, last Saturday, last week, last Sunday, my, last Sunday, my football season ended because I hate both teams so much. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch one moment of the Super Bowl. I stopped watching ESPN. I stopped watching the NFL Network. I was like, you know what? I think I'm done with you for a while because I loathe both of you so deeply. I'm done. I quit. I I, I actually pushed my chips to the center and said, I'm cashing out. I quit. Well, okay. <coughs> so we've got this thing now called Deflate Gate. Apparently. Like, at the beginning of the game, well, no, actually, they test the balls two hours before the game yep. to make sure that they're properly inflated. Perfect. No problem. Game starts. Everything's fine. You know, I mean, you know, the Patriots are playing. They're winning or whatever. And all of a sudden, I guess somewhere in the second quarter, because I can't even watch the game because I'm a Colts fan and I get I get angry ah, during these games. So that's your way of helping your heart yeah. stay healthy. Yeah, heart, let's, your say, heart let's say heart strong, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever, you know. Anyway, so... I'm watching these replays, and apparently, I guess in the second quarter, one of the Colts linebackers intercepted a pass yep. from Tom Brady. So he gets the pass, and then originally, it was thought that he gave it to the referee to check the ball. According to the player, DeQuell Jackson, basically he was giving it to the sideline because he wanted a souvenir because he made an interception in the championship game, never been to the championship game before, so he wanted deal. a souvenir. It was a big deal, yeah. So apparently that ball was given to the sidelines, and somewhere along the way, somebody felt the ball and called up the NFL and said, These ball, this ball has been deflated. So at halftime, they took all the Patriots' footballs, 
took them and checked them, and 11 of the 12 footballs had been deflated to One illegal, pound uh, two pounds, oh, so two illegal, pounds, yeah. illegal uh, weight. Now, okay, that's that's what happened on Saturday. And this none of the Colts were were. Now, in the second half, supposedly, supposedly, from what I get, from what I hear, the Patriots played with fully inflated balls, and then they scored even more points. So, okay, people are going to say, well, no, that didn't affect the game. Okay, fine, it didn't affect the game. Whatever you're going to say about it, it's still an unfair advantage if the balls were dis were un were dis were lower uh, were deflated deflated, and it doesn't make any sense that the Patriots footballs were deflated and the Colts were the same. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't care if Tom Brady says he didn't know about it. Belichick doesn't know about it. Nobody says they know about it. It's a lie. They're yeah. lying, cheating sacks of yeah. shit is what they are. And that, when they did say they didn't know about it, I was like, now wait a minute. Uh, let's flash forward. Let's pretend this is me. I sit down in front of a computer every day of my life and I work on my, my, at my job. You're telling me if I sat down one day and the keys were slightly lowered or the keys were like... You would notice. I'd notice the second I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with this? I, you're a pro. You, when you do something day in and day out... You're very good at knowing exactly how things are and work. These quarterbacks know if there's a half a pound of air low. They have to. That's their job. That's what you do for a living. You know? So bullshit on that. Right. right. Exactly. That. Bullshit so, on that. What, now, they said the deflated was a advantage because it was rainy and cold. It, so, it helps with grip. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it the, helps a quarterback grip the ball, throw it better, regardless <laughs> of whether there was missed passes or whatever, interceptions. It also helps a running back to hold on to the ball because he can squeeze it harder or whatever. Again, you say in the second half, they scored 28 points. Okay, fine. The ball, they got the correct balls. My point is, why'd you do it in the first place, you lion sacks of shit? Yeah, they, if you were that great, why'd you do it in the first place? So I mean, there's obviously shady. some kind of mental I issues going on with these this, this Belichick or Brady. They like to play mind games, or they only feel... It seems like, to me, they only feel comfortable if they're tricking, they're, if they're cheating. They're always so shady. They had that where they were videotaping the Jets. Yes. And then they had, like, there's always something... They, they supposedly videotaped the Rams before yeah. Super Bowl too. And then the week before, the week before, uh, they, they had that thing where they, they, they pulled some bullshit, where they put people out on the flanks, but then, like, really quietly say, I'm ineligible, and before they, they snap the ball before they can announce it. They, now, it, they're not break. that's not breaking the rules, but it's... You're a cheating... It's unethical. You're, a, you're like a little baby. You're a cheating baby man kind of thing. You know what I mean? First like, off, they got into the first Super Bowl by a BS tuck rule, which was a, which was an idiotic rule. Oh, because that's he, right. That was before that was a rule. Remember that? It, it technically was this obscure rule that somebody pulled out. Probably Belichick read it and saw it and pulled it out where he actually was sacked and fumbled, but they said he was... Technically, in the act of throwing, so it wasn't a fumble. Yeah. If they, if that would have been a fumble, call it a fumble, what it was, the the Raiders would have had the ball like on the twenty yard line. They could have kicked the field goal or ended the game right there. In the meantime, they let Brady get the ball, keep the ball. They, they drove it down, and let's put let's say when everybody says Brady is the one who won the game, yeah, Brady won got him to the thirty five yard line. Adam Vinatieri, the kicker, yeah. was the one who kicked the fifty two yard field goal in the snow to win. And, that game and, and the Super yeah. Bowl. And Vinatieri too. is is he's he's one of the best that's ever. He's one of the best a, ever. He's one of the best kickers in the history of the world uh, ever. You now, know. Now here's another thing that some guy was saying on the radio, which is very very interesting. Something happened in 2006. I don't know exactly what happened or whatever, but the story I heard was in 2006, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady petition to the NFL that they should be allowed to bring their own footballs on the road to games. And they agreed. So now that's became a rule. Fine. No problem. Now this guy, the stats guy on the radio was talking about before 2006, the Patriots, the amount of fumbles that they had, because they're, they're a team that plays outdoors, was equal to the amount of fumbles as all the other teams in the league. After 2006, all of a sudden, for an outdoor team, they had by far the, the least amount of fumbles by 50% to any other team in the league. Before, before 2006, 
their, their record of playing at home, you mm. know, in bad conditions, wasn't as great as after 2006. So something happened in that year that gives them an advantage. Weird. Now, whether other teams are doing it the same, fine. Some guy was on the radio also saying, look, even though Spygate, they were taping people's signals, it's it, teams, when you play a team twice, they have film, they actually try to steal signals or whatever. But problem with the Patriots is if they didn't do it, they have such a bad record in the past that they will always consider cheaters. As far as I'm concerned, if they win, fine. I, they should put an asterisk on the game. And from now on, anytime you play them, which is something that I said to a friend of mine before the game came on, you have to think about cheating, which gives them an advantage, a mental advantage. If you actually mm -hmm. think about cheating, so you're going to get cheated out of the game before you play it. Well, it takes yeah, away from uh, however good of a team they are. Oh, yeah. I don't. And they would have won that game anyway. Uh, because the Colts weren't prepared, they weren't. They, they the Colts were. They can't for some reason. They have a mental issue. They can't stopping that running game. They can't beat them, and it's weird. It's mental. It's yeah. obviously it's a mental issue with the coaching or the players. Mm. It's you. It's obviously going to run the play, and they can't stop it. Okay. The one right, thing fine. I did. Um. What? What? You know. Yeah. I'm actually hopeful uh, that you know Rex Ryan. Love him or hate him, he's. Yeah. He knows some stuff. He got a hold of the Buffalo Bills now, who has a very strong, stout defense. I actually kind of believe him when he said they're going to become the bullies and the whole thing that they're not. Nobody's going to want to play him, and I kind of believe him. And I hope he's not just talk. I hope he actually starts beating some teams up and makes the Bills like this, just this horrible team to play. It win or lose, I don't care. I, I remember like when the Bears used to play, and they were like they'd win like six to three, but nobody wanted to play them. Because it was a horrible game. They were just... You were going to lose yeah. people. You were going to get beat to shit. Like, you just didn't want to go there because it was horrible. And I maybe they'll take over the division. No. I don't think they will. But, I mean, maybe no. the end is near. Like, you'd hope that the Patriots will soon I, will go I, away. I think you know? Brady's going to have at least two or three more years. So, I think uh, it's going to keep going for a little while. Yeah, maybe they'll break but him. But the, the, it's, it's tarnished as far as I'm concerned. Their whole great Super Bowls, six Super Bowls. Dynasty. The, oh, yeah, Dynasty, yeah. it's tarnished, yeah. man. You can't... Once a cheater, always a cheater. End of story. Yeah. You know, F you. I hope you lose. If you win, you cheated. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope they both lose. I wish it would be a 0-0 tie and it never happened in the history of the world and they'd be like, wow, you both suck. Mm -hmm. But they won't. They won't. All right, that's enough of that. Let's go to some... We're going to play some Slingshot Dragster. And we'll be right back to talk about my package from Japan. Ooh, intrigue. <laughs> or not. But yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe a little. Okay, we're going to the music. Do you know what you're doing? I have detailed files on human anatomy. I bet. Makes you a more efficient killer, right? Correct.
Here with love comes Tatiana, bait for the trap. Well, I'll tell you something, Coltoni. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is.
in the robes. Put down the weapon of mass destruction and get on the ground. You're under arrest. All right, that was Slingshot Dragster. I played UTI, Tatiana, Ode to Odd, and Bite the Bullet. Wow. So, yes, as alluded to earlier, I don't know if you remember a couple shows back, if you listen to us regularly, I was talking about the 5678 have a new album out, and I was chomping at the bits because it was a Japanese-only limited edition, blah, 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 blah. Everything now is limited edition. I hate it. But doesn't matter. Ah, so I contacted the... Directly, I contacted via... You have to write them... If you're getting kind of international stuff, you have to write to them, and you actually talk to somebody via email in broken English, but it's they, they, they talk fine, whatever works. So I talked to Time Bomb Records in Japan... And I said, okay, I want your 45. They had they put out a 45. Uh, I want the LP and your new album that they just put out. I want it in vinyl record, and I want it in CD. And I and I get two of each. That way, I play one and open one, and then the other one I keep sealed. So uh, they informed me that the 45 was sold out, and I cried a little bit inside because that means the struggle continues. I'm missing. <laughs> Of their entire collection, every color, every 45, every record ever made, I have everything they've ever done except for one um, one black and gold split uh, record from Third Man Records, and now this goddamn 45 that just came out a month ago, who you'd think I would be able to get, but I can't. So, uh, whatever. So then I finally, so the box arrived, and I was like, yay, here it is, the Vice 678, uh, Tanuko... Tanuki Goten, which is the raccoon in the moon. <laughs> so, yes. So, it's a great... I, ha- I I put the CD in uh, my car, and it is awesome. And I got the... I haven't opened the, the vinyl record yet. Like I said, I got two of each, so I'm leaving one sealed, and I'm leaving one... And I'm opening one. I'm going to open up... This one is a Time Bomb brand new album, including the single hit Mothra. It's a great, it's a great song. It's it's a Mothra song by the Five Six Seven Eight. I okay. love it, and it's a limited edition vinyl. Uh, so this thing edition. is like probably like thirty five minutes long, right? I see only ten songs on it. Or yeah, something. let's see, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve songs. Twelve songs. But yeah, it is it is uh, it's fairly short. All their their CDs and their records are generally. They're yeah, not, it's like an old album. It's a, they're old style albums, you it's know. Like an old they style are. Album, yeah. Yep, and it's great. And it's this Shoujo G, which is they, they must have remastered it in Japan. They did that one on a 45 out of Third Man Records already. Then uh, Hovering Part One, Shake Mothra, Ki Kia Shout, which that's another one that's on, an, on one of their earlier ones. I think that's off of their um, Greatest Hits or no Golden Hits, something like that. Then the side B is Havana Moon, Banana Loon, Asuka Boom. Okay, that's no, that's one song. That's not so. It is only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It is ten. Two, okay. four, five, eight, nine, ten. Yep, ten. I can count to ten. Okay. Each ni san shi go yoko shi. Chu. Yep, chu. Right. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Uh, Great Balls of Fire, which is another one that they did in. Uh, on Third Man Record for Third Man Records. Not a, not a Jerry Lee Lewis cover. No, it's a, it's a Jerry Lee Lewis oh, cover. Okay, it's freaking right. awesome too. Okay. Then uh, Hovering Part Two, Soulful Dress, and Harlem Nocturne, which that's is another. Enough, that's that's a cover also. Well, it's the cover, but it's also one from a different album. I love that one too. Now, does the CD bring any extra bonus tracks or anything? Mm, good question. Yes. Ah, there you go. Bank robber. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Bank Robber. Let me see something because there was a there was a Clash song called Bank Robber. I Might wonder be. if that's like a. Uh, it sounded familiar. I don't know. You know. Yeah, it is. It is the Clash song. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, so, you got we got a Merle Haggard song yep, here. They well they they fam- they do mostly covers. No, I'm sorry, not Merle Haggard. Earl Hagen. What yeah. I was thinking. They um and what what was nice is because I I told Time Bomb I said look you know it's kind of a big deal for me anything you can throw in would be just great. They threw in a whole bunch of posters. That they gave away at the release party, so it was really Dang. great. You know, they gave me. I think, I think I have like six or seven of these posters that they just threw in. You know, uh, from Time Bomb Records. So I have some of the posters from the release party, which nice. really was uh, so right. so cool. You know, these guys really, really uh, took care of 
They're Gaijin friends from America. And they only put out, what, one record every three or four years or something If that. Like that. It's not very much. In fact, this has been a spike. They were not dormant, but they hadn't done a whole heck of a lot um, for quite some time. You know, they started in the 80s. And then they, they, not that they died off, but they were just doing shows, local stuff. They weren't really putting out albums. And then they hit popularity with the Kill, Kill Bill. Bill. This is the band who does the Bondage song, Woohoo. And that's the song they performed at Kill Bill. They actually did two songs on Kill Bill, but the one that was primarily featured during the uh, the was the House of Blue Leaves, yeah, 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 uh, the yeah. the showdown when uh, the lovely Uma Thurman hacked everyone's limbs off. Yeah, that one. Whew, that was a vic- that was a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I liked the scene after that most. Okay. With the snowfall, lady the lady snowblood snow knockoff where they're in the snow, yeah, fighting yeah. in the courtyard. You know what a beautiful setting. Um. So. Um, that's, they've, so they just started actually when they went to play at third man records and then they worked with, uh, uh, Jack White and did a couple, they did, they put out a 45 and then they actually re, he reissued their very first album. Hmm. Um, and then they remastered blah, 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 whatever, you know, I don't know. I don't know that much about him. I had the original one. Now I have his version too, um, in vinyl and blah, blah, blah. And, um. Just good. I mean, they they did some really fun stuff. The Shoujo G is I've heard that uh, numerous times with different artists. It's a, it's about a, a hungry raccoon that lives in the moon, something like that. It's some I don't know I don't know the entire story about it. I think it's like a child uh, fairy tale kind of thing. Okay. That's how it was explained to me, you know. And uh, it's just a funny little tune. You know, it's really cool. That's so, pretty cool. I was very happy to get it. <laughs> so I don't know. We got anything else? No, man. No, All right, I'm done. Let's, yeah, let's drop in one more music break, and then we'll be back to say goodbye. So stick around, and we'll say goodbye.
happening uh we have sort of a problem here yeah you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your tps reports oh yeah i'm sorry about that i i forgot mm, yeah you see we're putting the cover sheets on all tps reports now before they go out did you see the memo about this yeah 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 i have the memo right here i just uh forgot but uh it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. 
If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, 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 I have the memo. I've got it. It's right. All right, that was the ghastly ones from the 2009 Gears and Ghouls Finks. Ghoul Finks. Oh, I always screw that one up. Gears and Ghoul Finks. Golly. Cargoyle, Raiders Coach, and Think Fink. And then, of course, everyone's favorite. Yeah. Did you get the memo about the cover, the new cover we're putting on the TPS reports? <laughs> that sums up many, many moments in my life. Ah, uh, yeah. Magic uh, moments, I bet. <laughs> Actually, Memories. A, couple, a couple of times when people started talking to me about something I, I did, did or didn't do that was just discussed, I often say, yeah, is this about the TPS reports and... Some people that know the movie laugh because they understand I'm getting harassed about something that doesn't matter. <laughs> but whatever, that's not my mind to eh, say. Well, you know, somebody somebody has to get harassed, right? I guess that's the theory. That's the old yeah. Somebody has to get harassed. <laughs> and that's gonna do it for the show. Yeah. Make sure to rate and review the show if you can. That'd be super. Make sure you check out all of our other endeavors, which I didn't even talk about, but who cares? Oh, you mean like uh, Destination, Destination Nightmare or Nightmare, the uh, uh, Two Dimension Comic Book Podcast? Uh, more, more importantly, Robot Go Go. But more importantly, the Creature Feature. Yeah, we have a Our Creature video Feature. Project. So go out to YouTube and type in Creature Feature with Doc and Clown. Sit back. We laugh, got a movie coming up soon. Laugh, learn, love. It's it'll be great. We got a station. We got a movie coming up soon. We've got Darth Vader yeah. disco dancing with Ultraman. Dar- Darth Vader, Darth Vader disco dancing with Ultraman in, in, in a touching it's moment true. on the dance floor. It's all floor. true. That is true. Everything we just said. So and, che- and go and check it out. And we will see you all next week mm-hmm. for show two ninety nine. Nice. That's a lot of show. And then we're gonna go. See you later. <laughs>